The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Podcast, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's episode, the news these days is all about how to keep your immune system strong, and we'll dive in and explain exactly how your immune system works and what to do to keep it healthy. But first up, Paul Freeman is a certified nutritional therapy practitioner with a passion for how food relates to health and how health enriches all aspects of the human experience. Paul has been involved in the natural food and supplement industry since 1995. And during that time, Paul has deepened his understanding and developed a philosophy that we're essentially the universe rearranged through the foods we consume. As a member of the Garden of Life education team, Paul plays a key role in empowering extraordinary help for you and your family. And we welcome him to the Mother's Market Podcast. Paul, how are you doing? Well, thank you, Kimberly. I'm doing very well. Great to be here. Good. Well, it's great to have you. Why don't you fill our audience in a little bit on your mission and your work before we get to today's show topic? About what I do with Garden of Life? Well, um, I've been with Garden of Life for six years, and it's been an amazing journey. Um, You know, I'm very fortunate. I get to speak to people about health. I get to speak to people about maybe making a little bit better of a choice when it comes to food or a supplement or just lifestyle practices. So it's a great way to connect to the community all over the country and just, you know, really talk about the importance of a healthy diet. And if you can't meet all of your nutritional needs through food, then we have amazing supplements that are the cleanest supply chains that, you know, have ever been developed. So it's a great journey and we continue to grow. Wonderful. Well, again, we thank you for being here. Today, we're talking about strengthening our immune system. And so, Paul, what are the three main components of our immune system? Yeah, you know, when you're talking about the immune system, it's, it's a pretty uh, involved, pretty layered network in our body. And it has such a, a profound influence on keeping us healthy. But you can really break the immune system down into three main parts or three main components. There are your barriers. And then you have the innate immune system. And then lastly, you have the adaptive or the acquired immune system. So let's talk about the barriers first. Now the barriers are, they are just what they sound like they are. They're things that try to keep microbes and pathogens from entering your system. So the barriers are your skin, obviously, Uh, your mucous membranes are really important, your saliva, your tears. And these are all things that are really useful for flushing things from sticking and getting in your system. Your respiratory tract is huge. You know how many people uh, unknowingly mouth breathe all day long and there's no filtration through your respiratory tract for the olfactory process. If you simply switch to nasal breathing all the time, even with exercise, you're really allowing a lot of filtration and you can, you know, really limit exposure. Uh, Not to mention that it significantly increases nitric oxide. It's a pretty powerful, simple tool that's free. Your gut is also uh, an immune barrier. And when you're talking about the gut, you got to think about stomach acid. That's a profound, very powerful barrier. And, you know, stomach acid should be very low. It should be anywhere from 0.5 to 3 on that pH scale. And the, the scale goes from 0 to 14. So you can see it's a very acidic environment. And why is that important? Well, 
it deactivates and nullifies a lot of bacteria that you might be getting in your diet. Like it has a very strong acidic bath on the way through your system, it's going to kill it. Uh, and that's why dogs can eat really rancid food. And because they have such amazing, uh, really strong digestive systems and, and pH and, you know, their, their acidic uh, GI system, they can nullify these things. So those are the barriers, very, very important. And it's also good to remember that the tissue at these areas, all, all the things we just mentioned, they protect us from infections. And these sites have what's known as epithelial cells. And there's just a, a grouping of surface cells and they're mixed with these lymphatic immune cells. And just under that, this uh, surface layer is another layer that allows entry into our epithelium for immune cells when they're needed. And one of the things that all our body fluids share, the, we talked about the mucous membranes and saliva and tears and all of this stuff, there's an enzyme called lysozyme. And lysozyme is a very powerful enzyme that breaks down cell walls of various bacteria and yeast. So it's naturally present in all of your healthy mucosa. So that's the barriers, right? You really want to, to make sure that they're strong and healthy, and they are basically there for the expulsion of invaders through coughing and sneezing and, and tears and saliva. We mentioned that even urine and feces, very powerful ways of expelling things from the system. But let's say that a pathogen or a microbe somehow gets past this initial barrier and then migrates onto what's known as our innate immune system. So these microbes or pathogens, they make their way into the body and now the body recognizes something foreign and the alert goes up. So the innate immune system, a lot of people equate that, the, they think of it as like the ground troops in an army, right? They're not really specific, they're just there. They are white blood cells that get activated and they, they initially attack an invader. And there are things called like leukocytes and phagocytes. These are circulating white blood cells uh, and phagocytes actually will enter into tissue in response to an invasion and they create a little bit of inflammation and then they ingest pathogens. So very powerful. Now you've probably heard of histamine before. Now yes. you're dealing with mm -hmm. allergies and you know, I live in Austin, Texas and it's like allergy capital <laughs> of the country down here. And you know, we, we deal with a lot of different allergies and, and histamine is released by something called mast cells. And in the immune system, they're released by something called basophils as well. Now, this is very important. People try to, to stop every possible inflammatory action in the body. We all believe that not all inflammation is bad. You can't have any inflammation. And the goal is to, is to get rid of all of it. But that's absolutely not what you want to do. You want to have a healthy inflammatory response. You have to have the body release like a pro-inflammatory cascade, and then that starts the healing process. And this is why it's very important. It's extremely, extremely important that inflammation creates a pathway for immune cells to get to their intended function. And it does this in the signs or things like fever and inflammation and swelling. And basically when this happens, you increase the permeability of these capillaries and it allows a greater movement of white blood cells to the site of infection or injury, right? That's why it swells up. But beyond that, it's creating a little micro barrier. So when you create swelling, or you can also think of it, pardon me, think of it as edema or edema, right? It's like this swelling and, and you get a lot of tissue saturation. That happens to prevent the movement or the spread of these pathogens throughout the body. That's why localized inflammation is super, super 
important. But of course, many problems arise when inflammation is triggered and it stays turned on. It's out of control. And that's what a lot of people in our uh, society, in our country are dealing with is low level, chronic, constant inflammation. And this will lead to allergies. It leads to, you know, chronic infections. And a lot of it is based in autoimmunity or an autoimmune imbalance. So the innate immune system really stays on all the time. And that's, it's something that you don't, you don't want uh, to have happen. So that's what's happening, right? The innate immune system is triggered. It turns on and it tries to attack. It's like the ground army comes in and these circulating white blood cells try to attack and take care of the infection. Now let's say it's, it, it goes further, right? It goes on to the adaptive immune system. So how does the innate immune system connect to the adaptive? Well, the innate immune system will send a signal and it's a little cell and it, you can call the cell an antigen presenting cell. It's also called a dendritic cell. And this little cell consumes a pathogen and it takes a tiny sample of it. And then it advertises it on a little beacon or a little flag for the immune system. And this sounds the alarm and awakens the other components of the immune system, right? So I like to think of it as a connection or a bridge from the innate to the adaptive or the acquired. So now we're dealing with the adaptive immune system. This is, it learns, it retains information and it, it can protect you after you've had the initial exposure. So within the adaptive immune system, you have these white blood cells and they're called lymphocytes and they, they do what they sound like. They migrate through the lymphatic system and all of these things originate in bone marrow. And then they migrate through the lymphatic system and they move on to the spleen and the thymus. But when you're talking about white blood cells in the adaptive immune system, you're talking about primarily B cells and T cells. And they get their names because B cells, they start in the bone marrow and they mature in the lymphatic system. T cells start in the bone marrow and they mature in the thymus gland. And the T cells are really like the, if you were to take the ground army, the infantry troops of the innate immune system, when you're talking about the T cells, these killer T cells, these are like the special forces. These are truly like the Navy SEALs or the Green Berets of the immune system. They are highly trained and they have a very, very specific function in the body. And there's basically three of them. There are helper T cells and then there's killer T cells. And then you have something called suppressor T cells and they all um, are very important in, in the resolution of an infection. So with helper T cells, it regulates the immune system and it sends information to activate these other B cells, these other white blood cells. And killer T cells attack and kill viruses and bacteria. They're really specialized and they create little holes in the membrane that hosts the pathogen. And this induces cell death. So it's very effective at what they do. Then you have something called T suppressor cells. And after an antigen is killed or a pathogen is killed, this will call off the immune response. And that's where a lot of people run into trouble. You want a powerful inflammatory response, but then you want it to be called off. You want the resolution of it. You want to come back to homeostasis. And there are certain things you can take to help you get there. But some people that are dealing with autoimmune conditions and who might have something called gut permeability, that can lead to the immune system kind of staying on all the time. And then the body starts attacking itself in this constant, vicious, never-ending cycle. So T cells are very important. They're very specialized. Then you have the B cells as well. And remember that finishes its education in the lymphatic system. 
And the B cells are really awesome because they locate and they bind to a pathogen in your lymph. And this sets off a signal. And basically the B cells cover a pathogen with these things called replicating B cells. And it covers it and it triggers the killer T cells to come on in and take care of the job, right? So, so pretty awesome. And how they all work in concert or they're all orchestrated together. And then you have something called memory cells. And memory cells are both B and T cells. And they have a really long lifespan in the body. And that's for a very specific reason, because the body needs to remember. So these memory cells remember, uh, pardon me, specific invaders. So the second time a pathogen or some type of microbial invasion comes into the body, these memory cells, these B and T cells, they rapidly deploy, they rapidly activate, and they destroy an invader before you even feel any symptoms. That's what's great about if you catch the flu one season, you don't have to worry about getting it again, right? Because these memory cells are there to keep you really healthy and you don't even know they're doing their job. Like when they're really, really functioning smoothly and powerfully, you, don't, you can't even tell. And that, that's pretty cool. Like, is I, that I, like those, those uh, IgG antibodies? Is that kind of the same thing with those memory cells that you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, on top of a whole bunch of other things, but yeah, the body can produce so many different antibodies. Super, super important. And a mm -hmm. good thing to remember is that you have to have sufficient amount of protein in your diet mm -hmm. to make antibodies. Antibodies are proteins, essentially. So if you're protein deficient, you're really um, limiting the body's ability to produce the very necessary things in the immune system to keep you healthy and to keep functioning properly. Also hormones are, those are proteins as well. You know, all these enzymes that the immune system uh, uses for all these biochemical reactions, those are all proteins. So very simple, just, you know, make sure you have good quality protein and you're fine, you know? And, and if you have problems digesting the protein, a lot of people have you know, a compromised digestive system. There's a variety of things that you can do. And there's a variety of, of different avenues of protein that might suit you uh, a little bit better. So yeah, that's, a, that's kind of a cool thing. So, you know, it, it really does lead to the next question. And that is about nourishing that those immune systems, our immune system mm -hmm. and those um, antibodies. What besides protein, you just discussed protein, what else can we do? Well, you know, I, I like to break it down to four tenants or four pillars of um, nourishing, not just your immune system, but nourishing everything, just really making your quality of life improved and making your quality of life better. And it obviously comes down to diet. Diet is huge, it's paramount. And with diet comes a healthy digestive system. You have to be able to break your food down, metabolize it and utilize the nutrients to feed your tissues. But when you think about food, when you think about diet, it really comes, um, into play, you have to think about this, this connection between our genes, between the nutrients in the food that we're consuming and the phenotype connection. So think of it as the gene, nutrient, phenotype flow, and food delivers the nutrients to nourish the person's phenotype. And a phenotype is simply this set of observable characteristics. So it's how our DNA really is expressing itself. So food in its basic, um, and my basic understanding of what food is, I should say, is it's the modulator. Food is the information that modulates the expression of our genes. And there are certain foods that are very powerful. I mean, really high quality, organically grown food in its whole form is going to give you a tremendous amount of polyphenols. Polyphenols are, are one of the most powerful things to include in your diet. 
You know, we have this inborn communication system with the outside world and the food that we put in our body. If it's, you know, real true food, high in polyphenols and high in nutrients, it can communicate with our DNA and have very favorable outcomes. But obviously if you consume a highly processed, highly toxic, rancid, lots of sugar, lots of chemical diet, the opposite is true. So here's a great example. I try to drink a cup of matcha every morning. Matcha is simply powdered green tea. Super high in so many different polyphenols, but there's a real all-star polyphenol out there called epigallocatechin gallate. You can call it EGCG for short. And so much scientific study on this one polyphenol alone. And it's, we're understanding now that EGCG, this one polyphenol can bind to 52 different proteins in the human cell. So now scientists are starting to identify which disease sites are in the same network that the EGCG polyphenol is binding. How is it influencing it? Right. And a great example is that EGCG targets the same network as type two diabetes. It has a regulatory effect on that condition. And if you look at all these different studies over the years on green tea, it has a favorable effect on, on type two diabetes on, you know, increasing insulin sensitivity. And that's just one polyphenol, pretty powerful. So diet is, is really paramount. Obviously you want to focus on the quality of ingredients. We talked about really trying to increase plant matter um, botanical matter, try to focus on color. That's the old uh, yardstick of measure in my mind. The more color you put in your body every day from, from natural botanical sources, the more variety of uh, polyphenols you're getting. You know, it's kind of a game. Like, did I have something green today? Did I have something mm. blue? Did I have something red, orange, even white? Uh, all these things are very powerful. So that's one thing. Also, I should say this because a lot of people don't think about the quality of fat they're consuming. Don't eat vegetable oils. I'm just going to put it out there. So stop <laughs> eating canola. Don't eat corn, soy, cottonseed, you know, all of those things. They're highly rancid. They're very refined. They're, they're, they're basically like a mega trans fat and they cause massive lipid imbalance and massive lipid destruction. And it damages our cholesterol and it causes a lot of inflammation in the body. And it's found in a lot of packaged foods. So take the time when you're in the store turn that package over, read the other ingredients, see what type of oil you're actually getting. And what I'm seeing is an increase in palm oil from sustainable sources. That means orangutan free. I'm seeing more coconut oil. Uh, I'm seeing um, more ghee in products. I only buy popcorn and crackers that are made with uh, coconut or ghee from my kids. And they mm. taste better, has a better mouthfeel. So night, uh, diet's really huge. Now exercise, obviously. Um, diet and exercise, I should just say all four. Diet, exercise, stress management, and sleep. Those are the four things you really want to focus on to keep not only your immune system functioning at a very high level, but just the quality of your life in general. So exercise is very individual. You know, I'm sure we've all heard the term, he's a, he or she is an A-type personality. They're a blood type O. They need lots of exercise. They need to go hit the heavy bag or do sprints or, you know, all this crazy stuff. And that's awesome if you need that. And that's your unique physiology and unique bio individuality will warrant. But in my case, I don't do well with that. So, right. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a blood type a, I don't require massive amounts of exertion, but I do really well with things like rebounding for 20 minutes or yoga for 15 minutes. I, I go for a, a 30 minute walk around my neighborhood. I do breathing exercises and that suits me perfectly well. 
But all of these forms of exercise, regardless of what you choose to do, they are tiny bits of hormetic stress, right? You're introducing the concept of hormesis into your lifestyle. And hormesis is simply a little bit of stress that doesn't hurt you. It, it stresses you in such a way that your cells become stronger. Then you become more adaptive. So polyphenols offer tiny bits of hormetic stress in your diet, it makes your cells stronger, makes your DNA stronger. Things like exercise, hot uh, heat shock proteins, taking a sauna, taking a, a cold bath or taking a cold shower, cold shock proteins, all of these things can offer a tiny bit of hormesis, but find out what you need and everyone's different. You have to find out what works best for you, but, but diet and exercise are, are really the, the two pinnacle things. And then we move on to stress management and sleep. You know, sleep is pretty obvious. It, it's absolutely important for repair and regeneration. Um, you, you have to have sleep. Most people don't get enough. I think a very simple trick to improve the quality of your sleep is to darken your room. Um, and try when you wake up in the morning, ideally, even on a cloudy day, try to sit outside, look up in the sky and get those rays on your face because early exposure to light and to sunlight in particular can really have a favorable effect on regulating your circadian rhythm and it helps you fall asleep much easier later on in the day. So let's say it is later on in the day. It's around eight o'clock or nine o'clock. Okay. Are you still on your computer? Are you looking at a blue screen right before you go to bed? You ever wonder why you can't fall asleep? It's because the blue light is actually tricking your brain to stay awake. It's extremely stimulatory. So yes, I know we have to catch up on work and we all find ourselves working much later than we would like to, but try to cut all of these things out at least an hour before you go to sleep, ideally two hours, and invest in a $10 pair of blue blocker glasses for your computer. Hmm. It makes kind of a sepia tone tint on the screen. And it's amazing how much less fatigued your eyeballs get. And it actually facilitates better sleep because you're not stimulating your brain with this constant barrage of blue light. So that's very important. Sleep is important. Try to make your, your room darker. If you have to, get buy some blackout shades. Don't have electronic clocks in your room. Try to get all of that, those sources of light that will that can really make an effect on your ability to go to sleep. Just, just get rid of them. Try to make it like a cave, right? As black as possible. And you'll, you'll be surprised at how much better and how much quicker, I should say, you fall asleep. And I find that I stay asleep much easier when the room is darker. So sleep, what's that? I was going to say, that is great advice. And I think we don't often think about just making it into a little cave. Um, we have to take a quick break, but this is fascinating information, uh, Paul. And next, when we come back, we're going to talk about the vitamins, minerals, and botanicals that will help our immune system, plus more. So stay with us. Great information. We just need to take a, a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high-quality, great-tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. 
these shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. The first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. Welcome back to the Mother's Market Podcast. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for podcast and listen to past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons. All available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Garden of Life's national educator, Paul Freeman. And we're talking about strengthening our immune system. And Paul, you have been giving some really great specific information. I wanted to discuss with you or have you discuss with us the vitamins and minerals and botanicals that we should take to help strengthen our immune system. Absolutely. Um, I guess we can go in order of the alphabet. We can talk about vitamin A. We can go on to vitamin B, C, and D. Uh, vitamin A is it's oftentimes forgotten about. I think a lot of people focus on vitamin D and vitamin C, but vitamin A is really important. Um, I like to remind people that vitamin A, and, when, and I'm not talking about beta carotene or carotenoids. You know, a lot of people think if I consume deep orange or red pumpkins and squashes, then I'm going to make all the, the, the true vitamin A I need. In an ideal world, yeah, we would, but we don't live in an ideal world anymore, especially with the conversion rates of things. So a lot of people have problems eating a rich diet of carotenoids and actually making that vitamin A. So to get a, uh, an already like proformed amount of it, a true vitamin A is very, very important. So vitamin A is necessary for those epithelial cells we talked about in the immune system. It's very important for their development and deficiency impairs our barrier defenses. So right there, you can see if our barriers are weak, then it's not affording that initial line of defense. So vitamin A um, is also very important for, for, pardon me, for the formation of B cells in our bone marrow. And that is part of our uh, adaptive immune response uh, and also our innate immune cells as well. So it's very, very complementary to the functioning of every component of our immune system from our barriers to both our innate and our adaptive uh, immune response. And antibody responses to pathogens from T cells is greatly impaired if you're vitamin A deficient. So what's the best form of vitamin A? Well, if you wanna get it in your diet, then the best form is liver. I'm sorry, it, it just <laughs> is. It, you know, you can't get around it. Had been done, right? It's off the chart high in liver. And a lot of people don't like the taste of liver because it's very minerally and it has a interesting mm -hmm. texture. Some people love it. Some people don't like it. I've grown accustomed to it um, over the years, but my preferred form of getting true vitamin A is a good cod liver oil because cod liver oil will have all those powerful omega-3 fatty acids that are also very integral for immune system functioning and healthy inflammatory pathways. I'm sure we've all heard of EPA and DHA. Mm -hmm. There's a couple new players on the market uh, right now called DPA and SPMs, extremely, extremely beneficial for inflammatory pathway development and functioning and really important for the immune cell functioning as well. Uh, but cod liver oil will supply all those other fats, but it's the only one that has real forms of vitamin A and vitamin D. 
And that is the most complete package. So if you want something that's going to supply you with really amazing sources of, of those nutrients and, and good amounts of, of true vitamin A, look no further than a cod liver oil uh, that, that has the naturally occurring forms. You, you know, you have to look at the back. If it says it's synthetically added or spiked, that's one thing, but uh, it'll say naturally occurring. That's what you want to look for. So vitamin A, very, very important. B vitamins, we, we often associate B vitamins with energy, metabolism, and stress. And that's very true. They do that. But when you're talking about B vitamins in the immune system, B vitamins are critical for the synthesis of proteins. You have to have B vitamins for those proteins. And remember that antibodies and enzymes and all of these things, those are proteins. So it greatly impairs. A deficiency in B vitamins will greatly impair both B and T cells because those are proteins as well that it impairs in their functioning. Uh, so it will result in an overall decrease in antibody production. When you want a healthy, solid immune system, you definitely want to make sure you have good amounts of, of B vitamins and you can get it in your food. It's, it's present in whole grains and it's present in certain things, um, or you can just get a good uh, supplemental form. That, that's probably going to be the easiest for people. Vitamin C is, uh, it's, it's so well known for so many different things, but vitamin C, when you're talking about the, speci uh, the specificity of the immune system, vitamin C is very necessary for the maturation of innate and adaptive immune cells. It's necessary for T cells to proliferate and mature. And it's necessary for those innate, that first line defense immune cell development. Um, and there's something called neutrophils, and that's in the innate defense system. That has a high amount of vitamin C in its cell membrane. And why is that there? It's there to protect the host cell against the oxidative stress that happens when they're busy killing bacteria, right? You don't want those healthy cells to, to be damaged. So you have to have good amounts of vitamin C that acts like an antioxidant to offset the oxidative reactions that happen when, you're, when your immune system is trying to protect you. So it's very important. Now, vitamin D, I mean, there's what, three, 400 functions of vitamin D throughout the body. It does so many different things. It's actually a hormone, but vitamin D is, is really incredible. It modulates both the innate and the adaptive immune response. And it's really cool to know that there are so many different vitamin D receptors throughout our immune system. And they're found on, specifically found on B cells and T cells. And the immune cells recognize something called LPS, and that stands for lipopolysaccharide. And it's kind of this covering on bacteria that shed a lot. And LPS is an indicator of bacterial infection. So vitamin D initiates the production of proteins with potent antibacterial properties. So it's directly in response to these types of, of invasions in the body. And vitamin D affects the changes within a cell as well as communicate cell to cell. And that's called autocrine or paracrine signaling. And this is really to increase its antimicrobial proteins in response to an alert. So we know so much about vitamin D. It's also very important for calcium. And you know, we know all about that. I think a lot of people get a lot of calcium in their diet just through healthy food choices. I mean, if you eat good cheese and eat greens, you're probably getting enough calcium. But what do you do with that calcium? Well, when you have vitamin D in sufficient amounts, it pulls the calcium from your food, your food supply into your soft tissues. And then ideally you're getting a good source of vitamin K and vitamin K you can either take, you can get it preformed in food. Natto is an amazing source. 
or you can actually make it in the, uh, the lower colonic tract with your bifidobacterium, you can generate vitamin K and that will pull the calcium out of the soft tissues and put it into the repository of calcium, which is your skeletal structure, your bones. So it's all connected. So vitamin D, very, very important. Um, now also zinc, you know, we talk a lot about um, the, the vitamins, but I think zinc gets a lot of press and, and it's for a very good reason. Uh, zinc is a very necessary uh, for the health of the thymus gland. And it's been shown that a deficiency of zinc will directly lead to thymus atrophy. And remember what matures in the thymus gland? Your killer T cells, that's where they form. So you have to have good amounts of zinc to make sure that your thymus is not atrophying, that you can produce these T cells. Also, uh, zinc is very important for healing wounds. It's very good for uh, inflammation for the, the, to recover from inflammation, like post-infection. Uh, zinc is a component of enzymes that are involved in healing wounds. And zinc protects the fibroblast cells. And the fibroblast cells are simply there to make more collagen, right? You, you, you can't make collagen without these really important fibroblastic cells. And zinc also protects against free radical damage. Not to mention that vitamin C goes right along with making collagen. So post-injury, post-viral attack, post-inflammation, our collagen throughout our body. And collagen is not just our joints and our tendons. Collagen's everything. It's like 60% of our protein. So our, our organs, our digestive system, all of these pathways, it's all composed of collagen. And you absolutely need vitamin C to produce collagen. And without vitamin C, those fibroblasts that make it, they don't work. You ever heard of scurvy before? Mm -hmm. That old sailor's disease, these poor gentlemen were put on these boats and they were sailing around the oceans for months at a time. And they were eating only like salt pork and biscuits. And then they got scurvy, right? And, and what is scurvy? Total deficiency of vitamin C, all their mm. teeth fell out. Like they started to melt and all they needed was vitamin C. And then lo and behold, the collagen turns back on and they start to generate more collagen. So it's very important. Again, all these different connections. And I, I probably would end with a baseline foundational approach to, uh, to nutrients with a good omega-3 fatty acid blend. A lot of people call them fish oils and you know, the majority of the sources are from fish. You can also get it from algae. So I like to think of it as marine lipids, marine fats. And omega-3 fats are so important to create a healthy inflammatory process. Right. You have to have that pro-inflammatory process we talked about, and that's there for a reason. And then you want to also have this, this very positive anti-inflammatory process and try to find fish oils that have something called SPMs in them. And SPMs are simply uh, these little metabolites called pro-resolving mediators. And they're very, very important. Uh, not a lot of... Uh, products have it. It's something that's pretty new on the market. And I, let me just take a moment on this. because It's very important. Pro-resolving mediators are, they're basically three main ones. They're called resolvins and protectins. And then you have something called maricins or maricins. And they do what they sound like. They protect and they resolve and they protect and they resolve the body and they resolve inflammation. There are two ways you can get these specialized pro-resolving mediators. You can get them preformed in a good source of omega-3 fats, good source of cod liver oil, or you can create them in your own body. And they are created through an enzymatic reaction from omega-3 fats, right? See how it's all connected? You have to have good amounts of EPA and DHA 
And ideally that would include DPA. And DPA is that, is that reservoir between the other two. And the body can make, it can convert or retroconvert to whatever it needs. It can make uh, EPA, it can make DHA from that one fat. But really try to find something with these specialized pro-resolving mediators because they are a class of immunoresolvents and basically, they orchestrate the clearance of tissue pathogens. They, they orchestrate the clearance of dying cells and debris. Basically, that whole battleground, battlefield of inflammation, and they bring resolution to tissue injury, post-viral exposure, and they bring the body back to homeostasis. So all of the nutrients we talked about are very key. But on a foundational level, you know, something like a good cod liver oil with all of these attributes, you can't go wrong. It's going to help with every pathway in your body. Thank you for going into detail about why we should take um, the specific vitamins and minerals and uh, supplements. Let's talk a little bit about, Paul, apple cider vinegar. That seems to be a really hot thing now that we're hearing about. Absolutely. Apple cider vinegar, you talk about a, a product or a an ingredient that has really experienced a renaissance. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like it's come back in full force. Everywhere I go, I see advertisements for apple cider vinegar. But, you know, I grew up um, in Portland, Oregon, and I used to go to health food stores way back in the 70s and the mm -hmm. 80s. And I remember the old school health food store and apple cider vinegar was one of those original things that was always there. Like you saw that, you saw brewer's yeast and you saw like lecithin. Those were the three big ones. But apple cider vinegar is pretty cool. And a lot of people are starting to gravitate towards apple cider vinegar um, for a variety of different conditions. And I think most people do take apple cider vinegar primarily to help them with their digestive process, to help them lose weight or to burn more fat and to give them more energy. And apple cider vinegar, there's lots of different products on the market. You can you know, drink the, the true apple cider vinegar liquid. And that's pretty strong. I mean, you, you got to be kind of hardcore to, to suck a, a one ounce shot of that down. Uh, but it's very, very effective in what it does, because what you're getting in real apple cider vinegar is something called acetic acid. Mm -hmm. So the process is pretty simple when you take um, when you make apple cider vinegar. So you you take apples. Ideally, you want to start with organic apples, obviously, to limit that pesticide spraying. Uh, and you chop the apples up really fine and you cover them with filtered water. You leave it at room temperature. Then you add a yeast and the sugars that are naturally present in the apple will initiate the fermentation process. And this will ferment and form ethanol, which is a form of alcohol. Uh, and so once you have this alcohol, then you add certain uh, bacteria, they're called acetobacters, and that will initiate the process of fermentation, turning that ethanol and it will fully oxidize it and break it down into something called acetic acid. And acetic acid is very powerful in what it does. Um, so if you talk about all these different carbon lengths of fats, and we, we actually just talked about some of the longest chains, and those are those omega-3 fatty acids like EPA and DHA, 20 carbon lengths long and 24 carbon lengths long. They're very fragile, right? You got to be very careful with them. You don't want to heat them. You don't want to expose them to light because they can go rancid. You got to be very gentle, keep them in the fridge. And then if you start to shrink that carbon length down, you get these different fats with different characteristics. And another fat that's very popular that a lot of people consume are called those MCT fats, those medium chain triglycerides. And those have a carbon chain of eight to 10, right? That's like 
Caprylic acid is, is eight carbon lengths long and capric acid is 10 carbons long. And they have a unique function in the body. The cool thing with MCTs is the, the body doesn't have to produce bile and, and release it from your gallbladder. And you don't have to re release any uh, lipase enzymes from your pancreas to digest this fat. It goes right from the digestive system on the portal vein to your liver and the liver converts them into ketone bodies. It's just a great source of energy. And that's why people love them. You can put them in your coffee. It's quick absorbing and you get that mental acuity and that, that initial energy. And it can last for hours for lots of people. But let's keep shrinking that, that fat down. Now we're at the four carbon fat and that's called butyrate or butyric acid. Now, what does that sound like? What do you put on your toast that sounds like butyrate? Sounds like what? butter. Yeah, it does. It sounds like, yeah, it does sound like it, butter. It, and that's where they found it. So they first discovered butyrate in huh. dark orange or yellow butter. Mm. And butyrate is very powerful. That's a four carbon fat that has, it's immediately producing ketones. So it, it's, it's fantastic for that. But 70% of all of the energy that the colon produces is generated from butyrate. So you can get butyrate two ways. You can get it preformed, eat grass-fed ghee, eat grass-fed butter, or you can make it as well. You have to have good prebiotic fibers, like acacia gum fiber, and the bifidobacterial strains in our lower colonic tract will use those prebiotics as a fermentation medium to produce butyrate. Really awesome. So you can either you know eat it, and I try to eat good amounts of butter and, and ghee every day, but I definitely take my acacia fiber. It, it's a very inexpensive, powerful therapeutic tool that can really change the influence and the functioning of your microbiome. Now let's go all the way down to two carbons. That's acetic acid. That's what you get in apple cider vinegar. And acetic acid being a two carbon fat, it's so small, it passes right through the gut. It's really quick absorbing. And it has very fast, almost immediate action on our cells. So when you take acetic acid, and that's what's in 5% apple cider vinegar solution, acetic acid will join to something readily called coenzyme A. And then this forms or creates acetyl coenzyme A. Now, what does that do in the body? Well, it primes fat or lipid metabolism, and it's really great for postprandial or post-meal glucose uptake. So why do people take apple cider vinegar to help them with weight loss, fat burning, and digestion? Well, now we can kind of see why, because it has this amazing effect on our system. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of apple cider vinegar, and there's a lot of different ways you can get it uh, nowadays. Well, this is fascinating and thank you. I feel like we just are covering the surface here, but um, I mean, between just really how we boost our immune systems and so many different um, pieces of advice from you, Paul, thank you so much for your time. It's been great having you here. And um, you know what, just to give people a chance to check out your website, you can get more information. It's gardenoflife.com. And Paul, thanks again for being here with us. And we look forward to our next interview. Well, thank you, Kimberly. It was my pleasure. If you want to learn more health information, check out mothersmarket.com. Get delicious recipes and health guidelines to keep your body in great shape. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market podcast and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mothers recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.